Welcome, everybody, to another episode of This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey. I am Bill Berg, Jr., uh, running the show tonight. Uh, with me this week is Del Scanlon and our special guest, Tom Shafransky, Assistant Director of the WIAA, and the man to talk to for all things hockey in the WIAA. Uh, Tom, welcome. Thank you very much, Bill. Great to be with you. Thanks for having me, Del. Um, I just wanted to, to, to start, I wanted to rewind to last year. Hockey was the last sport that, that happened on the, the WIAA calendar for the 1920 school year. Um, what was going on at the, the WIAA offices when, when everything hit and you just managed to squeak hockey in under the wire, I guess? Yeah, it was uh, quite a challenging time, Bill. Uh, I, I felt very, very fortunate uh, to get hockey completed. Uh, we had done a lot to uh, try to work with the Alliant Energy Center uh, because things were building um, as the tournament was in particular, as was coming to conclusion uh, down in Madison. And then uh, once we were able to finish that up and get back to Stevens Point, of course, our focus went to um, the state basketball tournaments and uh, the um, issues were rising in our communities throughout Wisconsin. Uh, so Green Bay uh, at the start was willing to allow us to get those tournaments underway and have games, but without, and I should say with, limited numbers of spectators uh, being allowed. So we were quite limited uh, in the number, I believe it was 200. We, we could only have a total of 200 people at each of those contests, if I remember correctly. And, uh, and then that uh, fell apart um, on Friday, actually in the, in the middle of the day on Thursday, where we had to cancel uh, those um, after those evening games had been completed. So uh, it, it was pretty crazy. We were uh, in communication with the schools that were participating in the girls tournament. And then uh, we had to quickly turn our attention to Madison uh, and the sectional tournaments that were taking place uh, so we were contacting all of those schools about what they'd be allowed to do and what they couldn't do. And uh, eventually we just had to end the tournament. And then uh, that next week, um, the uh, governor's office did shut down uh, all of our schools. So that was, that's the key with all of this is that if schools aren't open, the WIAA doesn't operate with contests, uh, practices or anything. Uh, and so our tournaments had to stop and then the spring season was lost after that. Uh, fast forward to fall, schools open back up and uh, things are underway. And uh, I believe you said before we started that the, the only uh, tournament you weren't able to do in the fall schedule was football. Correct. Yep, we, uh, we had a very successful fall season even though we had delays getting started. Uh, with it all, but regular seasons got underway and we went in, uh, you know, and, and it really is a monitor and adjust type of scenario where what you have to be prepared for is a lot of flexibility and really monitoring the circumstances, not only statewide, but getting to each of the communities, to each school and to each facility that you're using. Uh, you're, you're working with all of those entities because county health officials have to make decisions about things at, in each of their counties. And then school officials have to make decisions about those. And then like we deal with in hockey, uh, ice rinks and in, in the fall in particular, uh, other facilities tennis facilities, golf courses, and everybody else have to make those decisions. Of course, 
in the fall, the advantage was that more of it was being done outdoors. And outdoors continued to loosen up uh, a little bit better as the year went along with all of it. And so we gradually were able to develop confidence, uh, not only in our teams, but in our school administrators, uh, in their parents and everyone. And, and they developed confidence about wearing masks, uh, about uh, uh, maintaining social distancing in sports. And uh, it allowed us to keep kids as healthy as we possibly could. I'm not gonna tell you that it was perfect by any means, but from what we know, uh, all fall long, we did not have a uh, student athlete contract the virus by participating in a sport. Uh, if they contracted it, it was happening either because of uh, home visits, things that were taking place in their social lives, uh, or something that was going on within their school. So we were able to complete almost all of those tournaments. Now, granted, we didn't have uh, spectators at many of them, and at some they were limited, but at least the students were able to uh, participate. And I'll tell you what, uh, you could just see the joy that was there uh, because of the, the other elements uh, that they were dealing with and being able to play the sports that they love uh, meant so much to them. And, and it was truly appreciated just watching them do that. Now, um, when, you know, we've had a couple hockey teams that have, have paused for a couple weeks and then come back. Um, when that happens, when someone is confirmed and then the contact tracing happens, is that all, that's all reported up through the WIA? So you know, you it guys know or no? Yeah, no, we don't, you know, these are, these are things that are handled. Um, remember you're dealing with illnesses and uh, very confidential information. So we just uh, have provided some guidelines, if you will, uh, for the schools and then the uh, local health departments to actually uh, provide the specific uh, regulations that each county has to deal with. From there, the schools pick up on those issues and uh, um, develop their own schools. So for instance, a school might identify, uh, a county might indicate 25% capacity, for instance, for a uh, ice rink uh, that they're allowed. Uh, and uh, the school might come in and say, well, we're gonna limit that even further. We're only gonna allow our home team to be in, uh, in, involved in, in, uh, as spectators for that particular contest. Those are things that the schools can do. And then you have your ice rinks uh, that have their opportunity as well uh, to um, uh, develop their policies and procedures. So uh, we're really at whim for working with them and, and working through the, all of that. And that's, that's what we're in the process of doing right now, as a matter of fact, in preparing for the, uh, our uh, WIA tournament series. And that will be starting soon. Um, tell us of the, the road you had to take to go from, from Madison to Wisconsin Rapids for the, for the state tournament this year. You, you bet. Uh, you know, it, it is always a challenge. Uh, as I mentioned with the basketball tournaments last year, there are communities that simply are very concerned about having other schools and other people come into their communities uh, through this uh, pandemic. So uh, when, once the uh, Align Energy Center uh, back in early November indicated that they would not allow uh, the hockey tournament to be held. We had been talking with them about dates 
uh, that we were thinking of moving it to and, and conflicts and how this would all work. But they came back and said, nope, we just simply can't hold that. So uh, we went and we checked out. It was Green Bay available. And uh, would, would that be an option for us over there? Uh, they have other programs. I'm not sure if that is going to happen or not, but uh, Disney on Ice is always uh, one that comes up in the, the middle of December or middle of February that we know uh, uh, conflicts sometimes with um, our uh, tournament series schedule with sectionals in uh, most cases, regionals or sectionals. And then I checked with a couple of other communities uh, and primarily here in central Wisconsin to see if they were willing to host and uh, they were not. So uh, Southwood County came forward and indicated that they would be willing to have us and I was extremely appreciative. I really like uh, uh, all the people, I, I like all the people that we deal with with our rinks, but uh, over at Southwood County, uh, they seem to always be willing to find a way to make this work. And so not only were they willing to make it work, but uh, we've been able to get six um, spectators approved for each member of the traveling party uh, for the teams that will advance the championship. And uh, of course, that's, I think, very important for the students and for uh, the teams to have some support at the uh, championship games. How is the, the traveling party defined? Because I know the team roster, I believe, is 20, 18 skaters and two goalies. Uh, uh, it's actually, we allow 22. We allow a total of 22, however they want to break that up. And then uh, two student managers, two high school student managers for 24. And then uh, four uh, coaches uh, that they're allowed to have for 28. And then one medical person. So actually the total is 29. 29 that we allow in for each of our contests. And uh, that we're looking during the tournament series, we are looking to allow uh, at least four as uh, in order to host at least four spectators for each member of the traveling party to be able to uh, be in the uh, uh, arena so that uh, they can be part of watching uh, their son or daughter participate in uh, those tournament games. And we know that uh, the, the championship games on Saturday are going to be on TV, uh, the yeah. statewide broadcast network. Uh, but you guys are also working on doing the, the, the semifinal games, which will be held at local rinks. Yes, that's correct. The sectional finals, as you know, uh, we always have sites that are identified in advance. So we'll continue to use those since we have commitments as long as they're able to get four spectators per um, team member, uh, party team party member uh, in. And then um, what we will do is the semifinals now, we will we'll have our seating meeting on Sunday as we always have with the coaches who advance to the state tournament and then determine where those seeds are and the highest seeds will host those semifinals on Thursday uh, at some time afternoon or evening. And then uh, we'll have the championship, three championship games on uh, Saturday at Southwood County. And, um, you know, we've, we've, seen a little bit of a, you know, a Thanksgiving surge and now we're probably going to be dealing with a Christmas New Year's surge here. Um, you know, how fluid are your, your plans if something has to change? Uh, how yeah. quickly can you guys move? Well, we're, you know, we're going to be as flexible as we can. The big key during a tournament series, of course, is teams being able to participate. Um, and so we do have uh, a plan that we have been um, uh, using all year long where if a team has to be removed after winning, that losing team would be invited to return 
and uh, compete against uh, the, the uh, other team that they'd be playing against, whether they had been a bye or uh, um, had won that other uh, part of the uh, bracket, so to speak. So uh, there are procedures in place, and uh, we, are, we are looking to work with everybody and get these games done, and that's just it. It's a lot of communication. Uh, there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes. Getting, uh, I'm really appreciative of all the officials, uh, as you guys know, who have been willing to continue uh, throughout the year. And uh, I mean, this it, it's really huge, uh, but so many guys and gals have been willing to continue with us and take games and uh, help us out. Uh, all these things are great. The rinks have been awesome, uh, continuing to allow that, and allow high school games to be played. And we're going to need all of that cooperation once uh, February 2nd rolls around so we can get our, ourselves to uh, the February 20th championship games. Then the, Tom, the last thing, be, oh, you go ahead, MJ. Tom, you're probably going to feel a pretty sen- pretty good sense of uh, accomplishment if you guys can pull this off. Really, MJ, you know, I'll tell you, that's the thing fall-wise. Um, it, it's, it's headache after headache and it's hurdle after hurdle trying to get it done. But uh, there are ways to do it, and uh, you stay at it. It's worth it, uh, as, as I mentioned uh, with Bill before, that uh, to see the joy on the kids' faces uh, because uh, they, they've been through a lot, and this whole mental health issue is real. Uh, it is something that uh, our adolescents really need something, an outlet, uh, and some form of activity. So, MJ, yep, you're exactly right. It, there's, there's, there's a joy that you see that's an appreciation uh, once you get this all done. Tom, I can tell you, I've got a senior in high school who plays down here for Janesville, and it means the world to him and his that's, teammates. They're happy to be playing. That's what we plan to do, and it's, it's a matter of keeping that hope alive, um, keeping light at the end of the tunnel for them, and uh, I'm, I'm really – I'm really excited once again that in for boys anyway, we've got the two divisions because I think that does the same thing. I think it gives everyone at least a belief that they've got a shot at winning some games in the tournament and can advance with their teams. Um, and, and it really, it, it is something for all of our students and our student bodies uh, to take a great deal of appreciation. And, and, and uh, it's, it's, it's tough. Uh, it is. We'll see how everything goes, but uh, I'm just really excited that hockey gets to be really the first team sport uh, that gets rolling here this winter. Tom, and then the, the, oh, go ahead. Go ahead well, Tom, the, what, my question is, and it's, part of it is what we've already, you and I talked about before we came online, but the, the second part of and that's going to be the studies that you had to do about how, why hockey was one of the, considered one of the sports that was high, more susceptible. But yep. then the second thing is, part of the question is, is the WIAA decided to uh, kind of shorten the hockey season, move it up by two weeks. And I mean, that's got to be a tough decision by the WIAA working with the coaches on that. And I just wanted to get your input on that. It was, you know, and first of all, uh, just going to the susceptibility, uh, I talked, uh, people want to be aware because I've shared some articles with all of our school administrators, our coaches and officials on this uh, stratosphere issue that hockey was dealing with. And, and what we found out East was that uh, all of those rinks had to get shut down, you know, in, in the fall as they started their programs. And then Minnesota went down, all the major states, uh, a lot of them out West had to close up. We here in Wisconsin have been able to avoid all of this and keep our rinks open, 
this, the, the, the element with the stratosphere is that there's concern about the warm air uh, that's in a, an indoor rink that sinks and the cool air that rises from the ice uh, inside of an ice rink, uh, inside the boards and, and inside the glass. Uh, it all kind of meets at about that six foot height and just kind of stays there and allows uh, the virus to live just a little bit longer. And there were concerns about that, but all of the prevention that we've put in place with students uh, and school teams, checking their student athletes, making sure that they're healthy before they're at practice and before they're at um, competitions. And then uh, the uh, uh, work to uh, get splash guards and masks in place uh, when needed. Uh, have been, I, I have to say, have been a big advantage for us and uh, really been advantages to keeping us going. Then as far as shortening the season is concerned, it was. Uh, you know, this isn't easy, but the coaches were willing to go along with us. What we looked at was how could we accommodate those teams in the fall and create an additional season and yet at the same time, uh, kind of uh, for winter sports, um, not put our winter sport programs because they were going to be indoors where the virus, as we studied it, was going to be far more contagious. Uh, could we break that? Could we shorten each of those seasons just by a bit equally as equitably as we could with each program and allow winter sports to take place, but then come back with what uh, we are calling, you know, a, a, a fall um, uh, season that's going to happen in the spring. And, and that's the, the, then we could fit that in before the spring season actually got underway. And uh, right now, yep, there are people who don't agree with it and, and would like to see more time for student athletes in certain sports, but it looks like it's going to provide participation opportunities for them. And I think that's going to create a real uh, positive impact uh, statewide. And it's, it's the best that we could do with what we had to work with. You know, the kids have always seemed to be pretty flexible when it comes to uh, being proactive against uh, against the virus. When uh, I can tell you that the games I've went to, the kids, you know, they take care of their business. They know what they've got to do. And uh, they know the precautions and the, you know, routines that they have to go through. And they're, they're pretty good with it. I mean, they understand and, uh, you know, they want to they keep playing. But they also know that if we don't take care of this um, – we're going to get shut down yep. and nobody wants to do that. Yep. I, you know, they've taken it very seriously from day one. Uh, the coaches have emphasized that with them and done an excellent job with it. Our kids and have responded uh, and uh, it's kept us as healthy as we possibly can be. Uh, it's kept us going. Uh, luckily enough, uh, we've been able to stay open uh, with the schools remaining open and our rinks being allowed to stay open. I mean, that, that was the whole key out east was uh, they just simply shut everything down and said, nope, uh, you, we're not coming back for a while. So uh, right now we're in good shape. And uh, I know these kids are resilient. I know that they are uh, uh, ones who can overcome and, and really battle through this. Uh, and in the end, be stronger because of the challenges that they've been through this year. Okay. And then the last thing I wanted to ask, um, uh, the, the new uh, brackets came out uh, last week. Uh, looks like five teams in Division One and one team in Division Two uh, had opted out of the season. I wanted to talk about how you guys allowed um, those schools to play uh, Waha instead of WIA hockey and then delay that decision until later. Uh, what went into that? 
You bet, Bill. Uh, you know, we always have had the allowance uh, of uh, student athletes to be able to do Waha if they wish, um, you know, and, and, and then remain separate. And then we have some other uh, more technical rules that we could spend a whole session on talking about. But we, we do have some good flexibility uh, for students uh, who you know, either want to go one way or the other, and then what are the options as far as going back and forth? Well, this year, because of COVID, uh, some of the schools decided that they were not going to be able to start right away. Uh, and uh, and the, so a lot of the uh, parents and um, uh, other hockey enthusiasts at rinks and everything wanted to have Waha teams get developed, which is fine by us. You know, we, until a school team officially starts, uh, those kids can do as they wish. So we had that all set up, made that clear for all the schools, especially in the Madison area where they wanted to do that. And then we also made clear what the coaches requirements were because those were a little, there were, there were a little more uh, technical there where coaches had, did have five days of coach contact that they were allowed uh, prior to the start of their seasons. Uh, but uh, anything beyond that five days that would remove them as potential high school coaches. So we made sure that they were aware of those things and uh, people put that in place and decided how they wished to, wished to proceed uh, once they understood that. Tom, after, and I could be wrong about this, but when a team is eliminated, like in the first round of the playoffs, is there, is their season done? Can they still play like another game or two? Yes. MJ, good question. Uh, they can uh, in this year, we have, we have allowed teams to continue to play uh, throughout the uh, tournament series. They can continue on after that if they wish to schedule more games and use that time. Just uh, kind of like a pickup game, right? Yes, just, you know, schools can organize it and pick that up so that they're using that uh, as they wish. And, and you know, that it, it's a good advantage this year in particular uh, just because of the number of games that some of them may or may not get in when it comes to COVID situations. I like that. I like that. That's uh, I like the flexibility there for the kids. You bet. Tom, Coach, just a quick, ahead, question, quick question on your background. Are you a native Wisconsin? And if so, where did you attend high school? I did. Stevens Point, Stevens Point Pacelli, right when the program was just getting started. Uh, I can tell you all about it. And, uh, you know, the, I, they didn't have it when I was first there. So I was a basketball player. I don't kid you, but I did play hockey uh, prior to uh, going to school there and uh, loved it. Stevens Point, as you know, has great tradition. And uh, this young fella who still is playing for the Stars has added a little bit of highlight to our whole community, along with some others. Uh, and uh, loved. I, I was the athletic director when uh, Joe and Spash won the state championship uh, back in 2001, and uh, very proud of uh, the accomplishments that we've had and, and how been lucky enough to work with uh, a number of different programs as they develop their hockey programs and uh, put some things together as I moved through my administrative career. Boy, back in those days, Spash really brought some pretty good teams down to state, and it it took a while for them to win that state championship. I know uh, 97, 98, 99, they, they had good teams down there and finally broke through with Joe Pavelski, and he was only a junior. Yep, that's right. He was only a junior. I'll tell you, uh, when I got the job at Spash, 
I told uh, the superintendent, I'll take it uh, as long as you allow me to hire Jack Staskoff as the hockey coach. And uh, he let me do that. And uh, by golly, uh, it turned out to be a really good decision. Yeah, absolutely. He brought some uh, pretty good teams down there to Madison and some young men that came through yep. pretty talented hockey players. I'm sure he probably along the way also prepared them for life. They did. You know, it was, it was really, uh, we had some, we had some very funny uh, experiences uh, in lots of different situations as everybody goes through, but you know, I'll tell you what it was, there were MJ, there were great learning experiences for these young men. Uh, and, uh, and, and they were a pretty talented crew. Uh, that whole crew that Joe had along with them, uh, th there were some really good hockey players that I knew uh, were part of that group and uh, could, could visualize and see that they had potential. But, uh, you know, it was kind of funny because Spash always, there was always something that happened that prevented them from getting that state championship. Uh, but uh, that one year, by golly, things just worked out. All the, all the chips came together. All the planets well, aligned usually, and everything else. Yeah. Usually that thing that happened was Wausau West. It was. It was. <laughs> um, I, that, the that, year 2000, when they won the state championship, Spash only had two losses going into the state tournament. I believe they were both to Antigo. I, boy, I can't, I can't recall. I think you're right, Bill. Uh, I, I, my brother, I, my brother was Antigo's all-state goalie that season. I believe he beat Spash both games they played. Excellent. Yeah, it was it there there were some great, great teams and, and the, the Wisconsin Valley Conference was just a phenomenal hockey conference uh, back in, in that day. And it was it was really amazing uh, the interest and the excitement that was created in each of those rinks um, and uh, really happy to have that returning and, and happening across the state now for everybody. You know, Tom, you mentioned that about how the Wisconsin Valley Conference was loaded back in that time, and it sure was. But also, so was the Big Eight Conference down here yes. in the southern part of the state. Yes. I mean, you had you had Madison Memorial win two titles, Beloit won one, and Sun Prairie won as well in '97. I mean, yes. there was there was some really good hockey in the state at that yes, time. Sir, you're exactly right. You know, the the, the Big Eight was so well known for really, uh, you know, with along with Superior bringing along uh, the excitement of hockey, and uh, it it was just phenomenal. Uh, what uh, with the Badgers and, and how well they were playing, everything was kind of coming together in that Madison area. And the, the level of enthusiasm for hockey in those days was just tremendous. And uh, hoping that hoping that we can get through uh, this uh, COVID scenario and because and, the Badgers, they're really, Tony's really putting together a great squad once again and hoping that they can bring that program back up. That really is one of the things that has a tendency uh, to really add to a lot of th enthusiasm with high school hockey as well. One last thing before we cut you loose here, Tom. I remember that uh, back when Beloit won in 99, Spash had a freshman goalie by the name of Sean Kruzitsky. Yep. And I remember in 2000, they made it there, and they lost a heartbreaker to Madison Memorial. And Madison Memorial ended up going on winning the state title. And 2002, when Joe was there, I mean, Sean Kruzitsky was able to win a state title. And I'll tell you what, I was so happy for that kid because, man, he'd been through plenty of trial and tribulation just uh, through his high school career and was finally able to get to the top of the mountain. As I recall, MJ, with that, uh, Sean had one of the highest save percentages or save number of saves uh, that really allowed them uh, allowed us to win that game. 
uh, and, and uh, work through the tournament. Uh, he had just a phenomenal tournament all the way around and his leadership and experience uh, certainly were very key elements that probably got overshadowed by Joe's play, but uh, really deserved a lot more recognition than he got. I could be wrong. Bill, can you tell me that in that tournament in 2002, was that against New Richmond that uh, Spash won state? Superior. I think it was. Um, 2002 was superior. Yeah. They beat superior 2000. Okay. The year they beat superior. Yep. Okay. Okay. I was thinking about when about Matt page came through for new Richmond and uh time like that. I know he came through then, but I wasn't sure if they met new Richmond in the, in the under Matt page was Matt page was 2003 superior beating yeah, Richmond. I was going to say that next year, as I recall, they had a really good squad. Yeah. He played out of his mind, Tom, appreciate your time on a Sunday night. Thanks, you guys. Glad to be part of things. Love uh, being associated with you and uh, really look forward. Hope you're able to find a way to work your way over to Rapids as uh, we put this all together. Okay, sounds and, great. Yeah. All right. Our, hey, other, our other four guests this season have been singing your praises. So, Well, there's no reason. I guarantee this has been a lot of work by uh, all the coaches and everyone else, uh, I just happen to be the person who kind of acts as a little bit of a conductor and getting it all taken care of and organized. Hey, Tom, I want to say thanks for coming on tonight. But then thanks again for any time we've asked you to come up to the booth for an interview during the state tournament. You've come up and you've actually you know, really helped us uh, in promoting our uh, awards that we gave out to the players at the end of the season. And we really appreciate that. Thanks. Glad to. You guys do a great job with all those awards, and they, rightly so. So keep up the good work, Del. Okay, thanks a lot, Tom. You bet, guys. Have a good night and stay safe. You betcha. See you all soon. Right. Bye-bye. Okay, Tom Shafransky from the WIAA discussing high school hockey with us. Um, guys, time to, uh, time to get on with the rest of the show. We got our Players of the Week, and we've had some uh, applicants – and uh, boys and girls, and applicants, Del. nominees, nominees. Okay, you don't, you don't get to apply for player of the I'm week. I'm trying to do too many things here at once. <laughs> well, good, good thing we don't have to fill out a job application to run this podcast. That, otherwise, we'd be in trouble. We actually had some players that applied <laughs> their talents on the ice to be nominated for the player of the week. This Great, week. and their player of the week is a. Put, sponsored by the Wyndham Garden Madison Fitchburg Players of the Week. And this week, from a little northwest on the girls' side, we have a defenseman slash forward that scored one goal and two assists and a 6-2 to two win over Black River Falls. In a 4-4 to four tie against Chippewa Falls, Menominee had three goals, no assists. And then on Friday and a win over on Alaska's had another goal for a total of five goals and two assists this week for the Eau Claire area stars. Kennedy Grulke is our girls player of the week on the boys side. JJ Weebush from Edgewood, a forward and he's a junior in an eight to two win against RWD had three goals and four assists, so I had seven points out of eight goals put on the board. And then in a 6-3 to three win versus 
MJ's beloved Janesville. He had three goals and three assists in that six to three win. And this week, our boys me. player of the week is JJ Weebush from Edgewood. And with that, I'm going to toss it what... over to Bill for our top sixes. Bill, before you go, before you jump into that, I'm going to tell you, I got to see JJ Weebush play in person this week. And that Edgewood top line is very good. Um, along with Cody Menzel there, Cody Menzel's as good as they get. Um, yeah, we've had other players that get the publicity, but I'll tell you what, he's, he's right up there. There is no doubt about that. And JJ Weebush was one of those players that Dell, did you see Edgewood at all? No, I didn't get a chance to go up there. I actually had grandkids at that night. Um, but since you got to see Edgewood play, I mean, we're looking at their record and their record is showing four and five. Are they better than that mm-hmm. four and five record? Without a doubt. They're playing a pretty tough schedule as well. It's just like Janesville. And that's not an excuse or anything. I mean, you look at their strength of schedule and boy, they're playing some tough teams too. Um, I know they've had some goaltending issues where kids uh, couldn't, uh, you know, had problems with a goaltender who was gone and they've had to put somebody in that isn't necessarily a goaltender. So, uh, they had a couple games where they lost, but you know what? Um, they played pretty well the other night and you got to give them a lot of credit because, you know, Edgewood always gets better as the season goes on. And, um, you know, in the sectionals in the end, they'll be there. Well, that's one thing, you know, we've always said is, you know, you want to be playing your best hockey. When's that road to Madison this year, that's the road to Wisconsin Rapids comes up. But, you know, that's the thing that's always hard to see is if you don't get to see these teams play all the time and all you do is come onto the website and look at what their record is, you don't actually see what that team consists of or what they've gone through. And last week we spoke of a player that stepped up and stepped into the net uh, when their, their goalie was down. And for any player, you know, that's at the high school level to take on that and step into the net to play a position that they're not accustomed to playing at an age where a lot of kids are afraid to do anything to embarrass themselves. A lot of kudos out to those kids. Junior, did you ever do that? I mean, your brother played goalie. Did you ever, did you ever try it? I played goalie through squirt and peewee. Did you? I actually quit playing hockey after I was a peewee. Yeah. Um, I quit after I was a peewee. Um, not to get too into it. I hated all my teammates. Um, <laughs> when you're playing any team sport, who you play with matters. And like, oh, you bet it does. I'm, st- I'm still friends with several people that I played baseball with as a kid. Um, I have one person I even, I'm even Facebook friends with that I played hockey with as a kid. Uh, we just, we weren't friends. And after my pure year, I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, that also happens to be the year that USA Hockey changed their age ranges um, mm. from the end of August to, I think it's birth year. So I got it, I actually got a third year of Pee Wee. Um, and then I went back to playing hockey. I played uh, basically a third year of Pee Wee. So those guys went up to Bantam. I played Pee Wee again with my brother's group. I had never played with his group. He was two years behind me. Um, I played defense through that and then two years of Bantam. And then I was done again before going to high school with those guys I didn't like <laughs> I'm sure they're I, fine we just didn't get along and 
you know, I was, I wasn't, I wasn't in danger of Anago had a string of all state goalies. They had Brandon Clement who won the state tournament in 93. Then they had Chris wild. Then they had Matt Incha. And then they had the kid who replaced me, who was not an all state goalie. And then they had my brother and then Derek Wavagal. Once again, two more all state goalies. And I think Jason Schrader, all state goalie. So they had a huge string. Um, Had I been there, I would not have been an all state goalie between Matt Incha and uh, my brother, but I was, I was average and it just, it wasn't for me. Um, but then I started playing defense. I really, really liked that. But then when it came time to play in high school, I just didn't want to play with those guys. And I focused on baseball. I see. I missed the memo about the knit cap. Well, I always wear this cause I haven't had a haircut since April, not oh April, my gosh. August, August before kids went back to school and like the numbers started shooting up again. Mm-hmm. I got a haircut in August. I don't go places. So I have to wear a hat so that you can't see it. <laughs> uh, I, thought- I haven't had a haircut since probably May or June, but then again, you know, nobody ever knows when I get one anyways. <laughs> I had one a couple of weeks ago, but you know, I'm just covering up because I think you guys, I must've missed something. So I had to get my hat and, you know, look cool like the rest of the guys. All right, let's be cool, guys, and hand it over to Junior and talk about that uh, top six. And uh, sure. Junior, so been a little bit of beating up on each other, and uh, where do the chips fall this week? Well, surprising nobody, Hudson is still unanimous at number one. Uh, University School is up to two. Chippewa Falls is third. Notre Dame is down to fourth. Verona comes in at fifth, and KMMO actually grabs the sixth spot this week. Um, all of the usual suspects wasa west and the two eau claire teams just kind of fell out this week uh division two uh, st mary springs is another unanimous number one lakeland is second rice lake is third hayward is fourth mozani oregon and superior are all tied for fifth uh, got- which is surprising because we got more votes this week than we normally get um and yeah superior just they've just barely started their season uh, they clearly were not ready to play their first game of the year when they played Eau Claire North and got beat seven to one. But after that, they beat Amory three nothing, and they just had a four three loss to Chippewa Falls. Uh, really good game, really nice game by their goalie. Um, so Superior just they're back on the schedule and they're 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 back in the in the rankings, tied for fifth. Boy, that Chippewa Falls team's pretty good this year. They are. Their first line is a scary good line, but overall they're just a, they're, they're a solid team, especially defensively. Uh, and then the girls, not unanimous, but number one is the Fox City Stars. Two is the Eau Claire Area Stars. Three is the Western Wisconsin Stars. Uh, four is Chippewa Falls Menominee. Five is Hudson. And six is St. Croix Valley. Uh, Central Wisconsin Storm did come in at seventh. They did just beat the Western Wisconsin Stars four to nothing on Saturday. Um, but you know, through the whole body of the work of the season, the Western Wisconsin stars are still ahead of them. I got the chance to see Fond du Lac Springs yesterday. And I'll tell you what, I came away very impressed with that team. That team is very good. They, uh, their 15 and one record bears that out. (laughs) Yeah. They've got, they got nine seniors. Um, they got Brady Welsh. We've all known about Brady Welsh, but they have also, uh, he's got some also some players along the way that help him, but I was really came away impressed and their sophomore goaltender. They have uh, kid played really well. Um, as I've seen of him, didn't see many shots, but got a couple situations where he had to come up with some big saves and was able to, 
but uh, yeah, Fond du Lac Springs, I, I came away impressed. They were exactly what everybody had said they were. Um, they're going to be hard to beat down the stretch. I can tell you that, but uh, you know, they, they'll, they would beat some division one teams. Well, they I have beat, beaten several. Yeah. Much, all you do is look at their last uh, f- five games. Um, what beat Wausau West seven to one. Eau Claire Memorial five to two. Then they beat Wapan. And then their final three games were shutouts. A six nothing win over Wapan, six nothing win over Notre Dame. And then the, uh, their win against Janesville last night. But then before that, they. Their one loss on the season was a four to two loss to USM, to university school, a four to two loss. And the day before that, they had beat uh, Madison Edgewood over at Poppy Waterman, 10 to nothing. So, I, I mean, that is, that is a strong team. Yeah, and, that USM team's also pretty good. I got to see them on Monday. I uh, got to watch them online, and they do a lot of good things as well. And when I, when I watch them, I see what, how they did the rest of the week. And, you know, they went on and they played uh, Notre Dame. Notre Dame lost Friday night. They had a tough loss. And uh, they come back on Saturday night and they had another tough loss. I mean, Corey McCracken's guys, they play a tough schedule. You got, you got to give credit there. But, you know, a couple of tough losses for Notre Dame. But that's a team that's, you know, they're going to be there in the end too because it's a very strong squad. MJ, you're down there in that where you're, you're living down there, Janesville. What can you tell me about the Oregon team? Senior goaltender, Colton Daly, um, a good senior class. I'm going to get a chance to see them next week as uh, Janesville and Oregon will play. So I'm really curious to see how they, uh, how they play. I know we played them last year and it was a really, really tight game, but they've, they've always come to play. And uh, you got some of those kids that came up in that area that uh, came out of the Verona area. It's kind of like the same area where Oregon and Verona are, you know, geographically. So you got some of those kids that, you know, from that area who are talented and they go over to Oregon and they're, you know, they're still good. I mean, well, Oregon's I, been able to put together some good squads. I, I see they're sitting there with a six and one record that they beat Waukesha. Uh, four to three in their last game. I'm, I'm pulling up their schedule now, taking a quick look at it. I had looked at it earlier today when I was going through some things, but uh, waiting on my internet. To... Did you send AOL up to me, MJ, or what? I could blame. <laughs> going back to, to Springs while Dell looks that up, we got some grousing, you know, last year during the state tournament because of the dominant performance that springs put on and we've seen some this year on you know social media if you follow you know why are they in division two why are they in division two well seven of their top eight scorers this season are seniors um so springs could very well be like those underclassmen that aren't scoring right now it might just be he's got so many seniors that they're good they're going to play but they're not going to be this world beater forever um you know Next year, seven of their top eight scorers are graduating next year. You know, they could very well be, you know, what you think of as a small school, you know, division, division two team where, you know, they've got, you know, like that one top line that could, that really does the line share their scoring and lines two and three are just trying, you know, keep the puck out of the net. Um, you know, this is a, this is a special group. So there's people grousing about them being in division two, division two is appropriate for the size of school they are. And like, yeah, seven of their eight top scores are graduating this year. So 
MJ, looking at Oregon's schedule, uh, they've December 10th, they beat Arrowhead five to two. Uh, then they beat New Berlin. Their third game of the season was their loss, where they lost five to four to Sauk Prairie. But then they posted a five to four win over Middleton. And then their next three games all ended in the same score score of four to three. And these are all the JRM tournament. Joe Raymond, yep. Yeah, the Joe Raymond tournament. Um, four three over Fond du Lac, four three over KMMO, and four three over Waukesha. And bear in mind that you know they were playing club hockey, so we I can't say for certain that everything that they were doing is in there. Right. Um, teams may not have entered it. They may have entered them as a because you can enter something you didn't used to be able to do on Sports Engine. Uh, you can enter just a name for a team now as an opponent, and you don't actually have to like fill out stats and stuff um, for out-of-state teams. Uh, that's not a feature they used to have. So um, it's tough to say that you know all their stuff is in there, but it looks like their game on January 8th, I believe that was canceled because that was scheduled as two Waha teams playing each other, but they've started playing WIA It was scheduled practice. to play Verona. Yeah, so they're working on their they're working on their eleven days of practice before the WIA schedule starts. So it looks like they'll kick off on the fourteenth, I believe. You know, that's you know we've looked at their record and in the Joe Raymond tournament. You know, there's good teams in that tournament. They win a couple games, all three games, four three. And I know talking to uh, Larry Clemens, one of the games in the third period, it was basically Ben, but don't break. But you know, senior goaltending. And he's worked very hard at uh, becoming a quality goaltender. Uh, Colton Daly, I've known his uh, parents for a long time, and I've known him, Colton, for quite a while. And it's his senior year, and he's uh, he's making a name for himself. He's played some good hockey, and there's still time for him to play some more good hockey along the way. And, you know, we'll see what Oregon does as the season goes on. So, uh, Bill, did you get a chance to watch any games on Live Barn this week? I didn't get to watch any full games. The kids would not allow it. Um, okay. <laughs> if I was sitting down and watch a game, they started fighting or just, it was the thing. I watched parts of many games, but I didn't get to watch any full games this week. Uh, um, I just, our girls uh, side, we've got Fox city stars who's sitting there. Um, and I guess you said they weren't the unanimous first team choice. The, the number one seed this week. Uh, but I mean, you look at their w wins that they've played so far this season and, you know, they, they've been impressive uh, to me. Their closest game was a three, their last one, which was Friday night, a three to two win over the Chippewa Falls Menominee team. Um, but, you know, they've played USM twice, uh, Northern edge, St. Croix, and maybe the argument that somebody had put in there is they haven't had the strongest schedule, but you only can play who, who, who's available to play and on your schedule. So, you know, well, you know especially this year. I, but I, well, I'll, I'll, I don't normally do this this week. The, the other team that got a first place vote was the Eau Claire area stars. Um, in the past, the team that was getting the first place vote was the central Wisconsin storm. And they were getting it from Fox city stars head coach, Jeff Fox. Um, he was the coach that was keeping them from being unanimous um, because if you look at it from his perspective, and I haven't talked about this with him, 
Um, if you look at it from this perspective, they graduated a lot of seniors last year after winning the state tournament. So they should not be as good as they were just on paper. The Fox city stars are not as good as the team they were last year. They graduated a lot of girls. Um, so if you're thinking about it that way, yes, they, and like all these other teams in the state are great. They, it's, there's a very easy case to make that they shouldn't be the number one team in the state. On the other hand, they've beaten St. Croix Valley uh, six to three and four to two. And now they've beaten the, the Chippewa Falls Menominee Sabres uh, three to two. Those same Sabres have, have beaten up on or beaten a bunch of those other, those other teams we just mentioned. Uh, and they've uh, they tied the Eau Claire area stars um, earlier this week. So, you know, it's, it's tough to say, you know, where all these teams shake out, especially, you know, in, in the girls game, there's those teams bunched up at the top and really you could order them any way you want. And it doesn't matter. Um, like right now, Hudson is it's there. It's obvious that Hudson is number one in D one. Now, does that mean they're going to win a state tournament? No, anybody can win it. Any one of those teams can, can win it, but it's obvious Hudson is number one in D one. It's obvious Springs is number one in D two. It's not obvious that the Fox city stars are number one in the girls bracket. Any of those teams in the top six could probably give any of those other teams a really, really strong game. Um, it's just, it's, 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 it's tough. Those, those top teams are all like right up there. Well, I always think it's kind of hard to, um, to me, it's a lot of times where over the past few years, we've said, okay, we kind of knew who the top 10 teams were or usually the top seven teams on the girls side and everything. I think this year, you know, while we still kind of know that I still think it's a little harder to figure out who that number one team is because just uh, you, you had the different times that teams were able to start playing this year. And so that yes. made it a little more difficult too. And so, you know, and even on the boys side, to me, it's the same thing. You know, you, the different start times for different locations makes it a little bit harder to judge. Uh, but, you know, you got Hudson and you got Fond du Lac Springs that definitely stand out and, and you know, you can see why they're the unanimous, like you said, junior. Um, but like I also on the girl side, it's just, I think, you know, when that we hit that two week stretch before the state tournament, you're going to see some things fall out that maybe, you know, one of the things is, is we know that probably what three out of the top six won't make it because they're all in the same sectional. <laughs> I think there's, I mean, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, five out of the top six girls teams are in the same section right now. Oh, um, my goodness. Eau Claire area, Western Wisconsin, Chippewa Falls, Menominee, Hudson, and St. Croix Valley. They're all in the same section. Uh, assuming the the alignment's the same as last year, I haven't looked. Yeah, I was waiting for the new opt-out list because the, the girls got delayed a week from the boys. Um, and the Fox City Stars are first, and currently Central Wisconsin Storm is seventh. They're in the same section. Um right now so i mean it's tough the the stars their next four games are st croix valley hudson st croix valley and eau claire area i mean come on this week this week alone it's, it's uh st croix one. valley hudson and st croix valley that's that's a that's that's a tough schedule i mean if they come out of that if they come out of that group of four games three and one um i think you have a hard case not giving them the top ranking if they come out of that three and one, two and two, they could probably still hang on to it depending on how those two games shake out. Uh, but you know, three and one, 
they keep the top ranking. Two and two, they might keep it. Probably not. One and three, definitely not. Um, just the way the girls' brackets are going this year. Um, Hudson is six and one on the season. Eau Claire area is four zero oh, and one. Uh, Saint Croix Valley, there's their schedule has been unkind. They're four and four, um, but like every game they've lost has been to a ranked team. They've lost to the Fox City Stars twice, and they've lost the Hudson twice. So, I mean, this is this is just you know, we used to have, you know, top 10 rankings instead of top sixes and the girls rankings was like the top four and everybody else. Now there's like seven right now, the way I see it, there's seven legit teams that should be ranked and six spots to rank them. Um, and there's arguments to be made in, in, in the Southern part of the state. Uh, if, if they had their regular complement of, of girls teams playing, where would the Cap City Cougars be? Where would the Madison Metro Lynx be? Um, you know, where would the Rock County Fury be? Uh, USM is is no slouch. Um, I don't think they're on that elite level right now, like some of those other teams, but they're having a fine season. Um, the, the girls, um, girls hockey is getting better, which makes it so sad that it's also getting smaller. Um, I, don't I agree. We lost any, I don't think we lost any teams this year, but we lost one last year. We, we will ultimately lose teams this year because of how Waha is shaking out, but I don't think we were meant to lose any teams this year. I think we lost one last year and we lost one the year before. It, I mean, it was not that many years ago. We were up at 32, I think, and now we're at 27. And that's if everybody's in this year, obviously don't carry that around. But um, it's yeah, girls hockey is getting better, but there's, it's getting to be less and that's not fun. You know, you were when you were talking about Fox City Stars, and I might have missed this, but you know they're doing it this year without Maddie Jablonski, and that was a big piece of the puzzle last year. I'm sure UW Eau Claire is happy to have her. <laughs> she, uh, uh, but she, it's like I mean, she was pretty good. Um, Michaela Zillish was our Player of the Week a couple of weeks ago. Right. I remember when Dell said it; he said it like he'd never seen his said her name before. We've been saying her name for four years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like we, 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 we've mentioned her at least once a year, at least in a game recap or something or player of the week every year for like the last four years. It's not like she's new. Um, you know, a few years back, even her brother got some mention her brother, Connor. I don't remember him, but I, the name sounds familiar. I do. (laughs) We've been doing this so long. Like you said, Matt page in 2003. I'm like, that wasn't that long ago. Was it? (laughs) <laughs> yes it really was that long ago that was 17 years ago i'm like that was 2013 not 2003 no it was 2003 and and i remember that year when new richmond was in the state tournament they played a long long game against verona and that's when verona had jack scaly and dan sturgis and it went to overtimes and it was quite a while Three Matt page stood his ground and uh that was one of the best games I've ever seen at state. It was just a phenomenal game. Um, well, I mean, both goalies, Glenn Walker for Verona and Glenn Walker, were both great in that game. Cause I mean, Verona actually out or new Richmond actually outshot Verona in that game. Um, 50 to 45. That's a lot of pucks. It's a lot of shots for a two to one game. Yeah. Both goalies around their game. No doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's talk quickly. Let's shift gears here a little bit. The uh, Hobie Baker Awards um, are going to be ballots have been sent out, if I remember correctly. Junior, is that right? Yes. um, 
I am spacing on his name. Jim Hayes. Jim Hayes. Yeah, he's been sending. He's been emailing the coaches about once a week uh, since they started them. The deadline is February first. Obviously, Wisconsin does great in terms of participation versus other high school hockey playing states. Um, but we'd like to do better. We'd like 100%. And this year of all years, you can probably do that. Um, there's got to be a senior on your team um, if, doing something this year in, in their community uh, as far as anything. Um, you know, whether, it's help, whether it's helping teammates, whether it's walking little old ladies across the street, whatever the case may be. Yeah. It's that one person who has a high character. Yes. And uh, that's the word that's out there. And coaches have to have to uh, pick a player. And we want would love to see 100% participation. So, uh, you know, make sure your coaches uh, get on that and make sure they fill it out. Only what does it only take like a minute or two to fill the ballot out? Ballot's not too terribly long. No, it's not that long. You should. I mean, you should write something compelling. Yeah. Um, I mean, reading some of the we get the the god i'm having a bad time with names our character award burish uh, yeah the adam burish award i'm like good lord and, i was looking at his rachel well it was the rachel bible award and then we went to her kenyan Mary. bible rachel yeah. kenyan yeah yeah um like just reading the nominations for the burish award last year um i wasn't involved in the nomination process for the girls one i don't remember uh maybe uh reading the nominations with brown like i was like tearing up like yeah this kid deserves an award so does this one so does this one too bad Adam, i don't pick. have to pick that the winner of yeah. that one i'm i'm glad that goes to rachel and and joe to, to make those decisions those are tough ones to make yeah that's i mean like oof uh like i had like i like i sent him the list and you know i waited for his response but like in my head i had him ranked and the one he picked, I think I had second, you know, in, in where I'd have given him out. But I'm like, yeah, you could make a case for any of them. I'm like, that's a that's a brutal award to pick. Uh, so having one available for every team, like the Hobie Baker character award, is it's much better. It's a big um, deal. Yeah, it is. Um, we should we we don't you shouldn't just recognize the players who are really great at hockey. Because you know what? There are a whole bunch of other kids who are out there that play every day. Now, not Jane, your, your Janesville Bluebirds don't have a win this season, but the kids are still going out there and playing. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, I think one of the things that we've always tried to talk about, and, and we've actually asked, you know, fans and coaches, you know, to send in and, and tell us about them, is that player that it, you don't see his name his or her name in the score box, but they're the one that's in that corner fighting for that puck, digging for the puck, diving in front of the goalie and saving the goalie from a shot that's coming in hard, you know, laying out and sacrificing their body, blocking that shot and stuff. You know, we'd like to hear more about these players. Taking on a number one player. You know, who else would like to hear about it is their parents. Um, There was a Wasa West player. Given that the Matt Page thing was 17 years ago, this could have been 12, 14 years ago or five. I have no idea that I said uh, something about here on our podcast. Um, I saw him like just working in the corner to dig the puck out. He was not one of their leading scorers. Um, I don't remember if he was first or second line or third line. The kid worked his ass off every time I saw him play, just 
all over the ice. And I said on the podcast, if they, if, if a team had three or four of that kid, they would be one of the best defensive teams in the state. That's the kind of kid goals are great. Assists are great, but the kids that just go out there and work and help you win, those are the kids that you really want. And I got a note from his parents, like two days after the podcast aired saying, thank you. I'm like, yeah. I mean, if you, if you know, those kids that are out there, send, send something in we'll talk about them. And then their parents will feel great about it because, you know, they did a good job. And you know, the thing is, is you, you know, you, you have these players on the team and without them, you're not going to win, but that's not who, who's talked about. And there's a lot of times that those players feel underappreciated for what they do, that maybe they're not contributing and that, that contribution needs to be noticed. Well, I guess, guys, I guess you can call them role players. They understand their role on the team. They go out there, they do their job, you know, and get the next next uh, line out there. And, you know, whether it's shutting down the other line or even putting one in the back of the net on their own line. I mean, these are guys that uh, every team's got to have. And uh, there was a – we're as guilty of this as anybody because, you know, obviously our player of the week is generally going to go to – especially like, yeah, is it generally going to like, if you compared our player of the week list every week to the number of kids who play team Wisconsin, there's a lot of crossover there. It's not something we intend to do. It's just those kids are that they, they show up in the numbers that people want when they submit player of the week nominations. I mean, um, it's not something we're intending to do, but there was a, there was a comment on our Facebook earlier in the season about the, when I was listing off the teams that were playing Waha to start the year. And someone said that they should all play Waha all year and just get rid of WIA hockey. We should play Waha hockey only. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. And they're like, well, you could make the season longer. And I'm like, yeah, but a lot of these guys also play football and baseball or the the girls, you know, soccer and softball or track or cross country Mm -hmm. or volleyball or any other number of sports. And they're like, yeah. Then the person's like, yeah, say that to all the team Wisconsin and the wheel players. I'm like, you're talking about like 2% of the hockey players in the state play team Wisconsin or the wheel. You can't, it's a small number. You can't set your policy for the entire state's high school hockey based on the small number of people that play wheel or team Wisconsin. Um, Most teams don't have more than two to three wheel players on the top end. Most teams don't have any team Wisconsin players. Um, to have them reshuffle their entire winter sports calendar, if they're, especially if they're a multi-sport athlete, so that you can accommodate those few at the top is ridiculous. Somehow we were talking about character awards, and we've gone way off topic all around the bend. Well, that's what people like about this podcast is we start with one thing, and next thing you know, we're out in left field about something else. Yes. Hey, how are the Brewers looking this year, speaking of left field? <laughs> <laughs> Well, left field, they look good. Um, it's hard to say. I can tell you right now, the Cubs look bad. That's always positive. Yeah. How do you um, like the, the Mets trade? The Mets are going to be pretty the, good. That division is good. That division is good. Um, if the Phillies had a bullpen, they would be good. And um, hiring Dave Dombrowski to be your DM is not a way to get a bullpen. Uh, that's been the thing he's bad at his whole GM career. He's great at building, spending money and building a bunch of hitters and, you know, starting pitchers. He can't build a bullpen. He never has. Uh, the Brewers, they should be 
I mean, they should have been in contention last year. Um, they have the talent to do it. They're, they're very stars and scrubs type team, but they're not bad. The, the, the division is not overly strong. The Cubs aren't going to be good again ever as long as the Ricketts family owns the team. Um, it's very rare that you see an owner um, giving a speech about how he doesn't care about baseball. He just wants to make money. Um, but Tom Ricketts did that. So, you know, whatever. Um, the Cubs are, the Cubs are not going to, they're not going to, if, if they're, I mean, they have, they still have enough players on their roster that they could, they can win games, but they're not trying to we win. We still got that the Anthony Reds, Rizzo guy. Yes, they still, yes, they do. The Reds, the Reds tried to win last year and it didn't work. And it looks like they're kind of backpedaling from that. Uh, the Pirates may or may not get better. The real the real competition in the division is going to be St. Louis again, as it always is. And um, I think the Brewers can swing with them. Junior, did I see you post something about the Brewers looking at Schwarber or somebody posted something about that? I did not post anything about that. I think Kyle Schwarber is one of the most overrated players in the recent history of the game. Yeah. Whoever had posted it, um, somebody's comment on there was, can he play third? <laughs> Like we still don't know if there's going to be a DH in the National League. I would not want Kyle Schwarber playing any position in the field for my <laughs> team. If if you're at a DH, if you're in the AL with a DH, Kyle Schwarber, great, bring him on in. If he has to play the field, he cannot be on your baseball team. Can he play goalie? I doubt it. <laughs> the name, Kyle Schwarber, the name just Kyle Schwarber sounds more like a hockey player than it does a baseball mm-hmm. player. And he kind of looks like a hockey player, but not like a modern one, like an eighties gross one. Well, you remember, you remember back in the day, the Atlanta Braves had Tom Glavin as a pitcher. Tom Glavin played, uh, he played hockey. He played hockey at Massachusetts. He was Canadian. And uh, speaking of Canadian, how about the uh, world junior championships? Now that we're way speaking off of Steven's point. He didn't have any points in the turn or goals in the, in the championship, but Cole Caulfield, it's phenomenal. Wisconsin's own. He, uh, he had a goal against the Gophers today when they, they lost that game five, three, but Cole Caulfield, my goodness for a little guy. And I remember meeting him once at a, one of our award ceremonies. And I'll tell you, it's like, wow, this is a small kid, but man, is he it's phenomenal. He's in an on-camera interview. He's what? He said, I said, he yes, swore he in an on-camera interview. Yes, he, did. he accidentally dropped an F-bomb <laughs> and had to stop himself. And he, and he kind of chuckled about it. And, you know, he, when you, when you look at him, you got to remember though, at, at his age, oh, they're, they're still kids, but he's on yes. the verge of, uh, you know, probably going to sign with Montreal after this uh, college hockey season. And, you know, the stakes are going to get higher for him, especially playing in a market like Montreal. Well, him and his brother, uh, a couple of the games I watched yeah, for the Brock. Dodgers this year um, sat there and they combined for a couple of goals. And I think, I think they were playing Notre Dame at the time when I was watching it and stuff. So, yeah, Rocks, uh, Rocks had a nice season as well. Badgers, I think, uh, been kind of a little bit up and down this year. Uh, they split with Minnesota this weekend, one Saturday night loss today. But, you know, uh, They've been competitive. Getting a win against the number one team in the country is pretty good. So, yes, especially when the number one team comes in undefeated, and mm-hmm. uh, you know it's our former player of the year, Sam Stang, is uh, putting up numbers there as well. You kind of yeah. had a feeling he would. You, you figure uh, the uh, got kid from West Salem, 
I can't. Jack Gorniak. Jack Gorniak. Yeah, Gorniak. He's currently fourth on the team in points, or actually tied for third on the team in points. So if I, I go, you look at that roster, and I go, you see some Wisconsin kids that played Wisconsin prep hockey doing some good things on the ice. You know, Jack Gorniak. I remember him coming up, and you know, everybody said he was you know this great player, and I never had the chance to see him, and I got to see him at the state tournament and they were only there for one game and he, you know, definitely stood out. But once he got to Wisconsin, I mean, he kind of accepted his role a little bit and, you know, was even drafted by Montreal and he's uh, you know, he's putting together a pretty nice career there. It's taken a couple of years, but still he's uh, putting together a very nice career for the Badgers. Well, I, I mean, you look at the difference of what he had to play. You're talking, uh, you know, a small town, West Salem, you're not going to find too many teams, you know, that are smaller than that really throughout the state. And, you know, and then going to play that level of competition, D one hockey, you know, that that's quite a step up and, you know, and learning to adapt yourself from being, you know, probably, you know, the guy to go, the go-to guy on your high school hockey team to figuring out what your role is in a D one hockey. And I I think that's that's something for every hockey player getting up to that level. I mean, he went, he went straight from WIAA hockey and team Wisconsin to playing on the Badgers. He played two games at the end of the USHL season with the Lincoln stars um, after the team Wisconsin season was over. Uh, So he went straight from high school hockey to playing for the Badgers. And that is not something that happens very often. You look at the Badgers, you know, they got five Wisconsin guys coming in next year. Every one of them is playing junior hockey. Mm -hmm. Um, you remember that you remember the one kid who came straight from without uh without going to juniors was years ago and that was Brad Naven. Yes. Kid from Wapaka. Yeah, and he was like he was in the years we've this is the twentieth season. He was a good Wisconsin sized kid hockey. too. Yes. This is the this he had no business for being as fast as he was uh, at his size. Um mm-hmm. This is 20 years we've been doing Wisconsin Prep Hockey. This is our 20th season. I want to say in the years that I've been involved, he's the best player I've seen in high school. I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't follow these guys through juniors. If they go to college somewhere other than Wisconsin, um, generally I'm not fully aware of it. Um, I just don't follow. I follow the NHL and I follow high school hockey and I don't follow all the steps in between. Um, but in terms of high school hockey, yeah, he was he was the best high, Wisconsin high school hockey player I've seen. I think um, playing for Wapaka, he played yeah four years at Wapaka, then he goes straight to uh, Wisconsin. His senior season, even though in Wisconsin he, he didn't put up those same kind of offensive numbers, he was their captain his senior year. Um, it know. changes when you get when you get up there at that level. It changes a lot. I mean, guys uh, who were the top dog you know, all of a sudden realize that, Hey, you know, everybody here is good. And my role may end up changing and do guys adapt to it. And it happens on the girls side too. Maddie Rowe, Maddie Rowe from, from St. Croix Valley fusion played four years at St. Croix Valley played four years with the Badgers. She was one of the top scorers in the state at St. Croix Valley in four years with the Badgers. She was a defensive defenseman. And now she's playing for the Minnesota Whitecaps of the NWHL. Um, you know, the, the, uh, there's two, um, uh, what's her name? 
One's from Hudson and then Charlotte Akrovic from Oakland area. They're both playing at Minnesota state Mankato this year, four years of high school hockey. And then there is no junior hockey for women that I'm aware of. Uh, so now they're playing at Minnesota state Mankato. And um, it bothers me that I can't remember the name of the, the, the girl from Hudson. Cause she's now on the, the Mankato women's team and she's their captain. I, I know um, exactly who you're thinking of and I can't remember her either. But you, you... You know, you when you start getting old, when you start thinking like, well, Maddie shouldn't have been done playing college hockey yet. <laughs> no, yeah, she was on the she was on the the national championship team in two in two thousand nineteen, and then the two thousand twenty year they got knocked out early. That's that was her that was her senior season. You know, when you talk about past players um, in college, just throw this by quick. One of the kids that we had as an award winner is playing Division One hockey out east and getting a lot of playing time and getting his name thrown around a little bit. A uh, kid by the name of Chase Blackman. I'm sure you guys have remembered Chase Blackman from Hudson. Yes. Plays for UMass Lowell. And he's, uh, I believe he's in his junior year. He's having a pretty nice season. Uh, him and uh, the next year, Jordan Halverson, who plays down here in Janesville, who just committed to uh, St. Thomas University, who's going Division One. Uh St. Thomas side of the Twin Cities. And I got a chance to talk to Jordan last night and I talked to him about the decision and he said he is just tickled to death about it. He's going to be, he's going to be at home, you know, family can come watch him play. I mean, he's very comfortable with his decision and he's very happy. So, you know, you, he maybe he could have went to bigger schools, but he found the one that's a good fit for him. But that's St. Thomas campus is a really nice campus. I, I know uh, my oldest boy actually went up there and took a tour of the campus and, and everything back in what can't even remember when he graduated anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you figure he's 31 years old now. So, but, uh, but you know, somewhere a few years back, I, I go nice campus. I go the football field had purple in the end zone. So that's like, are you sure you want to think about going here? Or, but uh, no, otherwise, you know, it, it was a nice campus and everything. And uh, he ended up going to MSOE. And then you go going into the military, but you know, it, it's nice to see the kids being able to find a place to play and a place where they're comfortable. Anna Wilgren. That's the girl Anna from Hudson who is now oh, on the, yes. the Mankato women's team. I knew it was one of those names. Oh my goodness. Well, Anna MJ, Wilgren. I think you need to take us home. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll go ahead and take us home, but why don't you tell everybody what BACA stands for? Baca Bikers Against Child Abuse. It's uh, as you guys know, it's dear to my heart. It's one of the it's the other place I volunteer all my time to when I'm not doing Wisconsin prep hockey. Well, that's it's much better than Bikers for Child Abuse because that's not cool. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, um, Junior, we about done here. I think so. I think so. We got our we got our players of the week. We got our rankings. We got uh. Bowie Baker Award talked about. We got Tom Shafransky talking about. We talked about the Brewers' chances this year. And we talked about the Cubs, the low light of the show. That'll do it for this week. Next week, we'll try a lot better to keep you informed and maybe a little bit entertained. So for Dell, for Junior, Bill Sr., I'm sure he'll be back. I'm Mike Hammett. We'll see you next week on This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey.